dummy that don't believe in science Written on your forehead, always be denying You're the dummy that don't believe in science Written on your forehead, always be denying Hey, hey, hey Okay, can I just say that song hypes me up every single time I hear it? Every time! It's like a new song every time I hear it. Every time. And it's so so catchy. Here we are. We are recording episode one. Our very first episode. Of our podcast. Good girls go green. Green! Green! Welcome everybody. Welcome to our listeners. This is really exciting. I'm really excited. Yeah, I'm so excited. I just don't even know what to say. I wish I had a <laughs> other word from excited. Yep. There's no other words. Just nope. excited. Hyped. Super hyped. <laughs> so, I guess... What's your name? Oh, my, my, <laughs> my name. Um, my name is Celia. Oh, Celia? My, name, my name's Julia. Oh my gosh, Julia. <laughs> That's Celia, if you can't tell our voices are different. So very different. I mean, maybe didn't someone once tell us that they couldn't tell our voices voices apart? Maybe. If you can't tell our voices apart, I'm sorry. I'm Julia. And I'm Celia. And there's <laughs> nothing we can do about telling our voices apart. So we've decided to start a podcast. Yeah, we have. And here we are. Um We are an environmental podcast, and let's just preface it with we know 0% about the environment. Nothing. I have never studied anything environmental or biological. I think I'm an art major. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a psychology major, so I'm just over here analyzing Celia while we're podcasting. Yeah, that's fine. But yeah, I, I'm i studying theatrical lighting design, and I think that is an art and a technology, but more of an art. So clearly neither of us have any kind of foundation in science. Well, psychology is a science. That's true. That's true. I'll take it back. But it's a psychology, or it's a science. <laughs> <laughs> it's a study of the mind. It's a, it's a science of the mind. Of people, but we're not doing that today. No. Today we're going to be talking about the environment, which we, as you said earlier, know nothing about, but we're super hyped about and passionate about saving this planet because it's so pretty. Do you have anything else to add? It's really cool. It's the only planet we have. There is no planet B, as they say. Would you say it's the... Bees knees. Oh, oh it's my ghost. <laughs> oh, if we didn't just lose everybody. Listeners, are you still there? I promise we've got some good stuff. It's we're, I, we've got we're locked in the it'll, it'll get better from here on out, I promise. Maybe. Finger gun away. <laughs> no promises <laughs> at this rate. <laughs> So we really wanted to start a podcast because, I mean, what better way to spread the news to millennials? Am I right? Truly. 
when me and Celia were looking into uh, doing something like this, or just even when we just started talking about it, um, we were kind of looking at what else was out there um, for in terms of information about the environment. And a lot of it is just very sciencey, very terminology heavy. And we really just wanted to make a space where we could be open to learning, excited about learning, but in a way that everybody understands. So especially us being not science majors at all. Exactly. And we're kind of going for the for millennials by millennials aspect. And we definitely welcome anyone who is not a millennial. That was not totally. an exclusion. Boomers, where are you at? <laughs> the boomers in the back. I, yeah, I think as we learn and grow together, I think that's going to be really key because if we want anything to change, it's going to be us that makes the change. So why not start together? Yep. Best way to change is by education. That's so true. we're going to educate ourselves while you. educating you guys maybe <laughs> well do you have a fact for us oh we're, yes we're wanting to hit you all up with a little environmental fun fact yeah so we're gonna try to start out our episodes every week with a fun fact so this week i have surprised celia with a fun fact this kind of ties in a little bit to what we're gonna go into a little bit later you know how covid has hit us and all of that um and at the beginning of covid there was a huge toilet paper crisis right right there was no toilet paper to be found for miles i remember i remember it what like it was yesterday like it was yesterday almost was yesterday yeah yeah i mean even now sometimes you gotta hit the store at the prime hour to make sure you've got tp oh yeah you gotta make sure you're stocked up that's not that's not an invitation to go raid the shelves. <laughs> no, please but don't. Please don't. Please save some. Please only buy what you need. We all need it. Um, but so I thought in the spirit of talking about coronavirus today and impacts on the environment from that, we will. I will share a fun fact. Toilet paper requires... 27,000 trees to be cut down per day. Per day? Per day, dude. Oh my gosh. Isn't that Wait, crazy? Okay, how many trees are in one roll? I don't... I didn't find the fact for that. <laughs> what are you even doing? I, I'm sorry. <laughs> she didn't prepare for my questions. I had one job. I did, I, I did give you the one job to find you the fact, but... I, I found the fact. I... I don't know how many trees need um, toilet paper or how many. Can I ask Siri? Hey Siri, how many trees are in one roll of toilet paper? This is not a millennial action. I <laughs> we don't know said it. We said it. For millennials, by millennials, this is what we're about. Okay. Using technology. I've got the answer. Solve our problems. You don't even need to wonder anymore. We just no. have Siri. Where would you find this information if you didn't have technology? Uh, uh, encyclopedia? I don't think people are putting this in encyclopedias. <laughs> You're right. 
And with COVID, there's no libraries open, so... Exactly. Who's in charge of writing the encyclopedias now? Nobody. What a world. Thank goodness for Google. What a world. Oh my gosh. If coronavirus hit and we didn't have Google, can you imagine? Oh. <laughs> what would you even... I mean, that's throwing it back to the days of the plague. Yeah, I mean, in the Spanish flu, they probably didn't have Google. People just died. Yeah. Without even knowing... How many trees go into toilet paper rolls? What if you had a friend across the country you'd, and you didn't even know if they're dead? That's true. What a I tragedy. Would, what if What if you lived in Colorado still and I lived in Washington still and you just died and I would have never known? I don't think anyone would be telling me that you'd be dead. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> Nobody would tell me that you were dead. You would die and that would be it. <laughs> and you would just be like, well, I guess we're not friends anymore. So... Anyways, back to my toilet paper answer. Yes. According to industry experts, a single tree can be used to make nearly 100 pounds of toilet paper, with each roll weighing about 0.5 pounds. So I'm not a math major either. No, um, me neither. So I couldn't tell you off the top of my head how many rolls is 100 pounds of toilet paper. My friend who's a high school math teacher oh, would be so disappointed in us. That's 50. I could be really wrong. But I think that's 50 rolls. <laughs> Rachel? <laughs> because if each roll is half a pound, then two rolls is one pound. I don't uh, think that was the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, Celia tried to help me out with the fun fact, but I think I pulled through. So I think you did. That was a good fact. I anybody, listeners, if you know how many trees... Go into a toilet paper roll, or if you can figure out how to use Google better than we can, <laughs> let us know what you find out. <laughs> hey, Siri got me this far. I mean, you're not wrong. It's true. We, we should just rely on Siri. We should. So as of recently, really, I mean, really, really, kind of how this whole eco-friendly thing started was Julie and I like to take trips to Salt Lake. Did that? I think that just, just are we allowed to say that? That's like circumlocate where we live. <laughs> We're gonna pinpoint where we live. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes. We're in Utah right We're now. We're in Utah. Yeah. Weather's so we take great. trips to Salt Lake. We do. We go to Salt Lake, not often. At least as of recently, not often. I go up to Salt Lake every day. Now I'm pinpointing myself. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, when we would make frequent trips to a favorite restaurant and. Cheesecake Factory, if you want to sponsor us. I would take a sponsorship <laughs> from Cheesecake Factory any day. Hands down, any day. Um, <laughs> Business meetings there, I mean. Oh, yes. <laughs> Can you imagine? Their cheesecake, though. Oh, that's cheesecake. I have dreams of it. That's just <sighs> so good. Anyways, we <laughs> will go down to our restaurant, Cheesecake Factory. And hit this name drop. Naming drop. Name yes, name dropping. Naming drop. Um we're not English majors either. No. Sorry. Can't expect that <laughs> from us. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can't expect a lot. You'll you'll figure that out. Yeah. The bar is low right now. Um but we would go to Cheesecake Factory and hit our favorite sustainable product store at the mall. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Can we name drop that? Let's hold off. Okay. Okay. We'll leave, we'll leave it on there for now to, to give it a bit of a It'll be a mystery. At some point Listeners, in the future. if you want to guess. 
taking guesses now. Um, yes, so we go to our favorite sustainable living shoppy and <laughs> really just go to town on the products. And there was no real intention behind it other than they smelled really good. So good. So good. And were really cool looking and had cool names. And that's that's it. That's really it. And I mean, I think I think a lot of millennial culture is very fad based. And if something smells good and is a cool product, I mean, and it it's sustainable, why not do it? Oh yeah. Totally. And I definitely jumped on the bandwagon. I mean, I heard about the sustainable company and I was immediately like, I want to go check this out and I did. Did yeah. I introduce you to this company? I think you did. Yeah, <gasps> take credit I, for that. I've been to it before, but I wasn't as into it until we went together, and I would just fall in love. So, yeah. it's. I think I remember hearing about it in high school, and I checked it out, and from that point on, just was sold. And I've tried a lot of products from there. We'll probably talk about it quite often. Um. Yeah, that's kind of what started this whole sustainable journey of this is really cool. The the packaging is recyclable. They don't test on animals. Um, and I like the results. Yeah, I think um, and we'll, I'm sure, get into this down the road in our podcast. But um, I think something that makes makes it easier to want to be a part of a movement like this of becoming more environmentally friendly um living more sustainably um is kind of the ease of it you know and um not having to deal with the hassle of the packaging from um a place like the one that we're talking about um or for example you know uh uh, metal straws if you have it just on your keychain you can just use it whenever stuff like that um and so that's kind of where um where I got into it was that you know there's just like little daily things that you don't necessarily even think about or recognize um that you can just change and so um and like every every person is a drop in the bucket so absolutely and I think what really gets people sometimes is not really knowing where to start and hopefully with this podcast we can help show people kind of where to start but also for me what a big deterrent is is when I think of when I previously when I thought of I felt like I was on a episode previously on <laughs> previously on Celia's life <laughs> da, da, da. I thought of sustainable living and being eco-friendly as very hippie-esque, very vegan, very mm. expensive. expensive. I feel like that's one of the biggest lies. I'm sure we'll get into that too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and thinking that like I had to have a ton of money and as we know millennial culture is very we don't have money. We're I mean it's kind of, it's kind of a joke, but also kind of a real situation that we're in of trying to find money because cost of living is shooting up and that's that's a whole other (laughs) soapbox for another day but and for another podcast probably but um 
yeah, I, th- I thought of being vegan and being a hippie and not showering and not um, enjoying the things that I feel like I very, it's very bougially, is that a word? No, bougially enjoy on the day-to-day Yes, life. we're gonna make it a word. It's a word we're now. in the <laughs> age of making your own words. Bougially. Um, and I, and so I think I'm sure some would kind of label it as selfish of not wanting to give up those lifestyle habits for saving the planet but at the same time I think that's the situation that a lot of people find themselves in well I don't really I like the makeup products that I use and I don't really want to go no makeup because I enjoy doing makeup and sorry I don't really want to sacrifice that aspect of my life for Mm -hmm. something that I can't really see because we can't really like like you said Julia that every person is a drop in the bucket we can't really see our individual impact right but i mean if eight million people made the change we would see we would see smaller changes and so yeah hopefully with you can learn and grow with us i mean we're not perfect and we're still trying to learn we're far from perfect not at all we were talking about this before we started recording today we have so much space to grow and that's just the way that you gotta think of it you know absolutely and just be imperfectly sustainable with us and that's all you can do that's all you can do and so hopefully together we can explore and this is where you guys are super important to um send in the things that you learn and the things that you know and that we can try out together if you Mm-hmm. like growing microgreens in a window box you know tell us about that because we want to hear about that totally um, yeah if, if you know of certain products that you know are super great and we bougially might enjoy them you know like let us know because <laughs> we want to grow together yeah totally i agree i think that um you know we'll see where this goes but i think there's potential here for a really cool community where ideas can just be bounced around um shared um, people to people because I feel like that's the way like there's been so many things just between Celia and I where you know I'll find this thing and I'll be like oh dude you have to try this like I've tried it I love it and I just it's kind of that person to person sell where if you hear about it from another source like in a news article or whatever you might glance at it and be like oh that's cool but I don't know if it really fits into what I'm interested in or my lifestyle, but if you hear if you hear about it from a friend or something like that, then you're going to be much more willing to give it a shot at least. Um, and who knows, you might really love it, and it might become part of your life. So. Absolutely, and that's usually when I start using something is when I hear from a friend mm-hmm. or a family member, "Hey, I started to do that, and I want to try it out for myself." And so that's yeah, that's super key. Totally agreed. Well, oh, we were going to talk about how we were sustainable this week. Oh, yeah. Sorry, everyone. Speaking of being imperfectly sustainable. (laughs) Celia, how were you sustainable this week? Well, I was sustainable in a lot of different ways this week. Tell me. We'll start out by, I mean, I went grocery shopping and I have a set of really cute reusable bags. She does. I can attest to that. They're so cute. They're way cute. They're called, can we name drop again? They're called Chico Bags. Want to sponsor? (laughs) (laughs) Be sponsored by Chico Bags. They're 
so cute and I was actually talking to my mom about this the other day and there's just and maybe it's bougie Guess. that's okay we're a bougie podcast <laughs> we're a bougie podcast. have you seen our podcast cover art it's pretty bougie it's pretty bougie it's okay so bougie sustainable living that's us that's it maybe we should change the name <laughs> i mean <laughs> but i was talking to my mom about this and from her perspective it's a big deterrent to bring her big a big bag full of other bags that have been hanging out in the car or hanging out in the kitchen under the sink yeah that i mean it it doesn't look the most visually appealing mm-hmm. and it's super cumbersome sometimes and with chico bag it's super great because you can invert the bag it comes with a little a bag for your bag i guess <laughs> that you can stuff the bigger grocery sack into this bag and cinch it up it's bagception and you can cinch it and it has a little carabiner clip that you can clip on to maybe your purse or you can clip it onto your key ring or you can yeah i mean ignore the clip altogether and keep them in a big gallon bag or something Mm -hmm. like that and it's really easy like you can keep it in the pocket of your coat you can keep it in your car and it doesn't take up a ton of space um and there's just there's a big appeal for that i mean i have my own set and i absolutely love them they're so fantastic and um, so I, I have those and I also have my own produce bags because a lot of, um, a lot of waste from shopping, I guess, comes from those single use produce bags. Yeah. You know, I, I'm a big, I was a big proprietor, I guess, to that. Um, um you you like you use it for every single thing that you get right? everything everything yeah. like I put my bananas in the bag yeah. I put like green onions in the bag I put all my bell peppers in the bag and if they're different colors sometimes I even put them in different colored bags yeah. because you have to weigh them at the right at the cash yeah register. and pretty soon that adds up you know all the plastic yeah mm-hmm. and people I would dare to say that the majority of people don't recycle and I've, re- I mean, recently started recycling, and I'm definitely an imperfect recycler. But when I would use those bags, like they go right in the trash. I never oh, yeah. use them again. I don't save them for. They're just such an awkward length and size that you really can't reuse them again. So they just especially go right in the those trash. produce bags. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, shout out to, I think it's Trader Joe's. Shout out to Trader Joe's. They have compostable. Um, if it's not you, Trader Joe's, we take it back. Then not kudos to you, Trader Joe's. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it was Trader Joe's, at least the Trader Joe's in California, the one that I was at, in Corona, California, as <laughs> name compostable. Name-dropping name everywhere. It's a name-drop cast. Um, but the Trader Joe's there has compostable um, produce bags. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. I haven't heard of that. It's That's really awesome. cool. And maybe it's Trader Joe's all the way across Yeah, the US. I have no idea. I love Trader Joe's, but for some reason I haven't ever noticed. We'll so. have to pop up there and yeah. see if they're doing it here. Yeah, I'll have to keep an eye on. Shout out Trader Joe's. <laughs> and if it's not you, Trader Joe's, we take it back and we'll find <laughs> who it is. <laughs> but yeah, I've got my own set of reusable produce bags coming all the way back around. I have my own set of reusable produce bags that I absolutely love. And I couldn't tell you the name of them, but I got them off of Amazon. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and they come in three different sizes. And if I want to put all of my bell peppers in different bags, I can. And it's mm-hmm. super shame-free, guilt-free. Super guilt-free, guilt-free and no. easy. No shame here. None. There's no, no shame. shame here. We're all just learning and trying to do better. Absolutely. I hope no one ever thinks that we are a shame giving podcast <laughs> we're not we're, we're not trying to make anybody feel ashamed we're just trying no. to do better and lift us up while lifting you guys up if we can so it's imperfect sustainability and yep. if you slip up you slip up yeah totally yeah i feel like going back to what you were saying with the produce bags and the grocery bags just the ease of the product of you know not having those big chunky reusable bags and stuff um just makes it a lot easier and gives you a little more incentive um to want to use it um so i think that's really great absolutely and i think um the one really important part about sustainability is not um you don't have to go out and buy new things, which mm-hmm. I'm such a fan of new things. I love new things. It's so great. <laughs> it's just so fun. It feels so new good. Things. Yeah. You get a package in the mail and that creates its own problem, but you get a package <laughs> in the mail and it has something new. That's another podcast. <laughs> we'll go into that later. Yeah. Um, but if you have all of those chunky bags, oh no, I'm like, you can find cute ways to fold them up and to, oh, yeah. to like create less space um it makes yeah. it easy but if you work with what any- you have yeah see what you have see what you can do even i've seen diy things for if you have scrappy old t-shirts you can make them into bags that you really? can use yeah yeah so there's all sorts of things we're gonna try to um like once we get rolling here we're gonna try to um maybe do some diy videos with you guys we'll see but yeah that's really awesome i didn't even think know that you could do that yeah i just I, I happened to see it the other day Full of good cool. ideas and, and fun facts <laughs> <laughs> um what else did i do this week did you do anything this week um let's see well going back to being imperfectly perfect <laughs> or imperfectly sustainable um i sustainability just was not at the top of my priorities this week i just was it was not high on my list of things to be thinking about, but um, I was talking to Celia actually before the podcast about um, I have the shampoo bar that I absolutely love. Um, it's from that anonymous store <laughs> <laughs> that we'll talk about a lot, but maybe keep anonymous. We'll see. We'll have to have a conversation about it. We'll figure it out. But um, yeah, no, I switched to shampoo bars probably in October something it's like been that. a while. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, I was at that store kind of browsing. And I was like, you know what? I'm almost out of shampoo. I'm just going to try it. Wait, was it that first time? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I it think was, so. I think that was after Halloween. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it might have been November. Um, but yeah, so November, six months about yeah um but i still love it i swear by it um it's made my hair feel so soft so you can attest oh yeah it's it's so nice um and yeah i just i really like it um no packaging it's just a bar um 
the company that I got it from has like little um, tin containers that you can keep it in so that it's not like just slipping around your bathtub (laughs) (laughs) just like causing a mess everywhere but um but yeah no it's been really great and um so that's how I've been sustainable this week I guess that's awesome using a no plastic shampoo bar yeah way cool way cool yeah I actually use I don't use the same shampoo and conditioner bars as Julia but I do use bars i think actually we have the same conditioner bar i think we might and i am a fan by the way we're roommates so (laughs) (laughs) for those of you wondering how we know so much about each other that would be why that's it that's it the truth is revealed secrets (laughs) secrets secrets are no fun unless they're shared with everyone so now we've shared them (laughs) (laughs) now you know um but yes, I think there was a, and maybe I'm just crazy. Maybe I'm not using them right. I don't know. Um, but there was a bit of a, not a learning curve. That's not the right word, but a bit of a curve for my mm-hmm. hair to adjust. Yeah, to I had that too. Mm-hmm. I noticed that my hair, so I like to, as of right now, I like to wash my hair every other day because I'm yeah. trying to train it to not have to be washed as often, mm-hmm. which is great water conservation keeps gross shampoo chemicals out of waterways and stuff like that that's a whole that's another podcast another podcast but um i'm trying to wash it less frequently and so with i was previously using just basic shampoo and conditioner and so using those products it was super easy to um wash my hair every other day I didn't see any problems I had a dry shampoo that I really really love which I mean that's that's another podcast I feel like we're gonna say that so many times <laughs> yeah but we've got so much to talk about so much so little it's... time but also infinite amount of time I know. so isn't it crazy we'll cover it all we will but there's this dry shampoo that I really love and unfortunately it's not sustainable and so that's one of the things that I feel like me personally, I'm going to have to, I want to find dry shampoos that are sustainable. Yeah. But the one that I love, like it, you know, puts any, all kinds of aerosol stuff into the air that right. I've heard is not good for the environment. And so I want to be sustainable in that route, but I also really love. Everybody send her hate mail. Oh my gosh, please don't. I'm sorry. Please don't. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Please don't. Please it's... don't. I'll have to fight you if you do. Oh. So. Ooh. <laughs> That's not a line I'd cross. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I kind I had my hair care routine, and I switched over to the shampoo and conditioner bars, and I noticed yeah. that my hair was getting greasy at the end of the day. Mm, and yeah. for a little bit, I was kind of feeling like, I, I just, just scrap it. I'm just going to scrap it and go back to what I know and know that I like and know that works for me. Right. But I stuck with it. And I'm starting to see, I've been using it for a month. Mm-hmm. I'd say a month. It's been about a month. Yeah, I think um, so. It's not been too long because I just recently finished my bottles. Yeah. Um, but it's been about a month and now I can go about every other day without using a dry shampoo. Yeah. And Isn't so, that amazing how your body can just kind of adapt and kind of goes back to its natural state? Like mm-hmm. that's probably closer to natural than a shampoo bottle would be for your hair. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. 
Yeah. And this unnamed company, they, I mean, they promote natural ingredients. And so you're not putting oh, yeah. all kinds of chemicals into your hair. Totally. And That's why I love, yeah, this, this unnamed company. Shout out to you. Shout out. <laughs> Anonymous. Anonymous, you're great. Um, we had a bit of a faux pas today. A faux pas? A faux pas. What happened? Well, we really like Starbucks. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's, we're going to, yeah, let's talk about this. We're going to talk this. <sighs> this was quite the faux pas. It was quite the faux pas. We just... Also, no shame. No shame. No shame. This is a no shame space. I... Both of us. Both of us really like the beverages of Starbucks. Now, we're not coffee drinkers, but there's a lot of really fun... Summer drinks. Summer drinks. Yeah. That are fruity and great and come with a lot of plastic packaging. And so we thought... We were just purely thinking, you know, to get us ready and hyped for our first episode that we would go to Starbucks and, you know, just get ourselves a drink. And she's sipping on it right now. (laughs) Hey, no shame. No shame. No shame space. No shame. And we showed up and realized, well, first of all, I think because of coronavirus right now, they aren't doing reusable cups. So mm, less yeah. shame. <laughs> but also, we totally forgot. We both, her and I both have reusable cups for Starbucks. But we just totally forgot to bring ours. And what was our faux pas, Celia? The faux pas. Well, actually, I'm looking at the cup now as I'm holding it. And it's got our little recycle symbol on the it top. Does. It does. I recycled mine. And so I think it's got one on the bottom of the cup too. So that's good. But it's a lot of plastic <laughs> packaging and there's a lot of to-go food things, food materials that end up non-recycled, they mm-hmm. end up in our landfills. It takes a lot of time for plastic to break down. And so the faux pas of today is using plastic, which is not yes. it's not the end of the world and this is no shame. No shame. This is a no shame corner. None at but all. And so we recognize our mistake, our faux pas, <laughs> as Celia calls it, and we are committed we to are do committed better. We are committed to doing better, and on top of that, Starbucks doing their the reusable cups, actually, and I learned this recently-ish, that you can go in and you can ask, if you're, going, if you're planning on sitting and staying, which is not a thing right now because of coronavirus right but if you go in and you um are planning on staying like working on homework working on when coronavirus doesn't exist anymore yes when seating is open again um they do you can get a to stay cup yeah and so they're hot chocolates copies they'll do mugs they'll do glasses for your cold drinks Mm -hmm. and i think that's really great they even do plates for if you get the pastries or any of their other kind of baked goods um instead of putting paper they use plates which is so awesome i think that's so great and it's yeah 
I mean, you went to Spain yeah. a while ago. Yeah, and in Spain, that's kind of the normal. Like, I just thought, you know, in Europe, it's a lot more of a culture to kind of sit and hang out at a coffee shop, mm-hmm. um, which I think I've read that Starbucks has kind of based their, like, model off of to have it, to create a space for people to sit and stay. That's really cool. Um but here in America, we're so go, go, go all the time that a lot of times we just grab our coffee and go. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, in Europe, it was just kind of the norm. Everybody was just sitting with their, um, like, either their glass mugs or their glasses um, or their plates for their pastries. And I kind of looked at it and I was like, wow, this is really cool that they're doing this here in Spain. Um, and then I realized that when I came back to the States that you could ask for it, just nobody really knows about it. And so, you know, people will be sitting in the dining room just working or whatever, but they'll still have their cup that's a to-go cup mm-hmm. um, because just because they don't know that they can ask to, uh, to have that to stay. So, Well, there you go. Hey, our listeners, if you're... When this whole pandemic comes to an end... And you're going to Starbucks. And if you're, you're bougie Starbucks drinkers <laughs> like us. <laughs> and you're going to sit and drink your drink. Get it to stay cup. Because why not? You're Save there. the planet. Save Do the your planet. Part. Do Simple your part. Easy. So, so easy. We'll be recycling our cups. Our we will. Plastic I promise. Contraptions, That's our commitment to you. Planet Earth. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, planet. Yes, planet Earth. We're committing now to recycle our plastic cups. Yep. Um, But also, my I took a watercolor class here um, a little bit ago, and one of my my well my watercolor teacher, she said that she was working on a on an art project out of old receipts and straw wrappers Mm -hmm. and I've become a crazy straw lady and (laughs) have been keeping all of my straw wrappers instead of just crumpling up and throwing them in the garbage um to be used as recycle art yeah and did she tell you what kind of art she's making with them no I'll I'll have to figure that out I'm planning I'm so curious yeah I'm planning on mailing the straw soon I have a whole bag full of them oh yeah um and I'll definitely ask because I want yeah. to know what kind Update of project us. includes straw wrappers. I know. I'm so curious. And receipts. And too. receipts. Yeah. And it wasn't just any receipts. It was receipts that specifically said thank you on them. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And not many receipts say thank you. Yeah. Actually. Really? I think it was only no stores are grateful for our business i guess which they should be (laughs) they should be because we should feel honored by (laughs) our presence (laughs) um but i think certain dining places (laughs) that i've been to but not all dining places certain dining places will have thank you on the receipts um and that's about where it stops yeah so grocery stores aren't thankful for your business no they used Mm. to be but they're not anymore wow what really a far. world we live in. I know. <laughs> That's so interesting. Yeah, no, definitely update us on the art project that your teacher is doing. I'll because you know. I'm so curious. Straw wrappers and receipts that say thank you. Yep. So that's cool. been my mini recycle art project. 
That's awesome. Via her. Via her? Yep. Hey, that's cool. So that's what I'll be doing with our straw wrappers from this Starbucks trip. Yes, I handed her my straw wrapper as soon as I opened it. Oh man, but I'm going crazy though because I've, I keep sticking them in places that I think I'll remember. <sighs> and so my, I've got them in my purse, I've got them in my pants pockets, I've got them in my cup holders. Mm-hmm. It's... They're, they're just falling out of your straws everywhere. Straws you open the door and they're just overflowing out of your car. Seriously, though, that's what it feels like. Yeah. <laughs> For a while, our desk was covered in straw wrappers. <laughs> <laughs> it's so gotten better. <laughs> it's better now. They it is. Have it's a, better now. They have a home. They do. We're good. In a, in a baggie. Yes. Yeah. I'll mail it. Yes. Um, let's talk about what's happening right now let's do it in the world i think you were looking into something this afternoon weren't you i was um it's actually about light pollution so what we're trying to do is educate both ourselves and our listeners about what's happening in the world right now because we i feel like we all know about the general issues of water pollution air pollution deforestation that's kind of a generalization that i think a good portion of the people yeah. Are aware about, but we don't really know specifics. Like what is happening today? Right, totally. So as of today, there's so much other things going on in the news that sometimes it gets lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And so as of today, our little factual update is about light pollution um, and how artificial light disturbs coastal, like coastal creatures. So it's really affecting beach cities. Interesting. Um, but, I mean, light pollution affects... San Diego. San Diego. We're looking at you. <laughs> we're looking at you. Florida. We're looking at you. Um, Let's just name names. Let's go. <laughs> Texas. We're looking at you. Oh. New York. Hawaii. Boston. Virginia. <laughs> South Carolina. Which, hey, everybody. Let's everyone. Just keep going. Everybody. Everybody can do better. Everybody. Okay. <laughs> Ireland, I see you, my people. (laughs) Calling you out today. Um, But this light light pollution, it's, I mean, obviously it makes sense because light, there's no, being a student, here's my plug, being a student of light. Oh, yes. Let's get some of your insight here. Let's go. I have no numerical things to drop i'm sorry that's okay we don't do numbers here as you can tell (laughs) but light is neither solid nor liquid nor gas whoa blew your mind (laughs) (laughs) um but light is very fluid and nothing can really stop it except for something solid and even then it refracts off of the surface yeah um and so this light it's it may not necessarily be stemming from if you put a house right on the coastline Mm -hmm. i mean it would still be producing light but this light is coming from miles and miles and miles away right and it's coming from large cities that Mm -hmm. have lights on 24 7 yeah um and this light pollution is It's so bright and reaching so far that it's disturbing marine life creatures that Mm. depend on the moon and the stars for um, 
for eating habits, for migration habits, for, I mean, living habits. Interesting. They, it throws I, off their internal clock because mm-hmm. the light is just throwing them off. Huh? Exactly. It's like living without blackout curtains. Oh. Which we don't have any. Which we don't have. <laughs> if we did, <laughs> we're not that bougie. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not that committed to that. Or, or it's like living with blackout curtains where you just can't gauge. Oh, yeah. All the time. It kind of just throws off your sensitivity, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. So there, it's light. Because it's a constant stream of light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you can't really tell. I mean, for example, they say that in, and this is not fact-based, so for the fact checkers out there, this is, <laughs> please don't fact check me because it's not a real fact. But Except also fact check us because we want to know the answer. Please let us know. If I'm off base, let me know. Yeah. But in a nice way. Otherwise, like I said. I'm coming for you. <laughs> Looking at you. <laughs> um, but the more Nordic countries mm-hmm. that, and even, I'm sure even Alaska as well, like those those upper pole countries yeah. that have, uh, during the winter time, it doesn't, it gets dark. And they so have you only such have, short days. Mm-hmm, yeah. And it's, I mean, naturally, like down here in Utah and these Kind of these more states, middle. These middle states. Yeah. Um, we don't, we see shorter days, but not to the extreme that those yeah. more polar countries do. Yeah. And, and summertime so winter, is really long. Summertime is ridiculously long. And yeah. you only have a couple hours of of nighttime. Yeah. Which yeah. you need blackout curtains. Right. Because that's going to mess you up really right. bad. Yeah. Even I'm from Seattle and um, I was even talking to my mom about this. I was home a couple weeks ago and um, it in the springtime and summertime, it gets it's not quite as extreme as Alaska, but mm-hmm. it's Seattle's pretty far north. And um, so the summer times are really long. Like the sun rises probably around 4.35 in the morning. Yeah. And then in the evening, it doesn't set until like 10.30, 11. So they're really long days. And it's, I mean, it's great when you're a kid, you're a high school kid. I loved it. Like you're, <laughs> Everything's you're great. out on the beach having a bonfire. Mm-hmm. It's 11 o'clock. It feels light and so warm. It's really nice. Mm-hmm. But then on the contrary, in the, in the winter time, when it gets really dark, there's just like no light. It, it like the sun rises at like nine and mm-hmm. goes, goes away at like five. So yeah, so even, I mean, it, we see how light affects people, yeah. and that's natural light. I mean, you can't just turn off the sun. Right, right. You know? But these animals, they're being affected by this light pollution because mm-hmm. it's, I mean, what we just talked about, it's that, but on their scale, yeah. and it's things that we're doing to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, it... They travel toward the sea because they're thrown off. They reduce the chance that they'll go looking for food. Um, Hmm. It just, it throws off the whole ecosystem of the marine life because, I mean, animal kingdoms, they rely so heavily on, you know, what is it called? Producers and consumers. What do they teach you in science class? (laughs) I don't know. I haven't taken science (laughs) class. (laughs) It's been a while, but the whole producer-consumer concept that... Everyone, if one thing is out of balance and it throws off 
the other thing, which oh, throws yeah. off the next, which throws off the next. And so right. everyone relies on each other. Right. So wholly um, that for us to be creating this light pollution, mm. it's throwing off their whole life cycle, which throws off the balance of the marine life. And right. that's a whole. Yeah, it's their whole, whole ecosystem that's getting thrown off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's today's issue. Interesting. As of right now. I mean, yeah. that's, that's probably not going to change tomorrow and didn't change from yesterday but that's what's going on right now and i saw a while ago every once in a while it crops up on timelines and in news feeds and stuff like that that it would be really cool if we had an international um like lights out yeah lights out a blackout day a day or night or something like i'm I'm sure there's a lot of different opinions about this but Either a day or a mandatory lights go off at this hour. That's kind of what I was thinking. That would be, you know, I think that'd be a really great long term As change. I solve the world's problems you know. <laughs> on our podcast here. It's like that Peanuts Lucy booth with the 25 cents advice. Advice. That's, we're full of it. We're full of it. We are. Mm-hmm. So. Only charge 25 cents. So I think there's a couple different solutions. I think... How I mean, idealistically, how cool would it be if internationally we had a blackout day that all of the lights went off at as soon as it got dark? Yeah. Because we create so much light pollution. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. Where my family lives now, in the wintertime, you can just see stars across the sky. Yeah. And I didn't realize how many places you can't see the stars until yeah. I was living in California. Where I was living in a really dense, popu- densely populated place, yeah, and we were living right next to an airport, and oh yeah, um, you just you couldn't. It would it was like ten o'clock at night in the winter time, yeah. So at that point, it should be pitch black because right. I mean, like we talked about earlier, it gets dark at night in the right. winter time, and yeah, it's ten o'clock at night, and you could still see the glow. It was like a purple haze across the sky, yeah. And you couldn't see any stars at all. And it's that's such a drastic comparison. Yeah. It's such a drastic difference that I feel like, I mean, we we could, we in all honesty, we could be doing something yeah. to fix this. Again, it's just one drop in the bucket, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, if we all just did our part a little bit by, say, turn off your lights at... I don't know, ten o'clock or something like mm-hmm. that, or even earlier if you if you can. Yeah. Um, or at least, you know, if if by nine o'clock you're only in your bedroom, turn off all of your other lights in your house. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not going back out, you don't need to have your kitchen light on and your dining room light on and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, just start turning lights off slowly as you're getting ready for bed you know absolutely and i think even then um all all of that aside you know growing up my dad was very big on turn off the lights when you leave a room and i think a lot of people's parents are like that yeah i mean it goes back to like sustainability saves money Mm -hmm. that saves your electric bill if you turn off the lights it absolutely does and it doesn't take any kind of it doesn't take anything special yeah, to just to remember. I mean, yeah. I'm so forgetful, but <laughs> yeah, same. But it's, I mean, it's a habit that just turn it off as you're leaving the room. If you're not going to go yeah. back in, 
just turn. I mean, if you're coming, going back and forth, it's a little hard because you're like on off, on off. But yeah, if you know that you're leaving the room, just turn the lights off. Right. But anyways, I digress. That's 20 se- 25 cents advice from me and Celia. Cha-ching. Cha-ching. <laughs> so did you bring something to share today? I did bring something to share today. All right. Lay am, it on me. Am I going first? You're going to go first. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> you ready? I, I'm as ready as I'll be. Let's do this. All right. So what we've kind of decided in terms of layout of our podcast every week we're gonna i'm gonna choose a topic to talk about celia's gonna choose a topic to i can't speak (laughs) celia's gonna gonna choose a topic to talk about and ideally we're gonna do research separately and surprise each other um today it was kind of a last minute research thing and we were bouncing ideas off each other so we already know what we're talking about, but we have the memory of a goldfish, so it'll still probably be a conversation as if we didn't even know what was going on. Wait, who are you? Who? What? Cares? <laughs> <laughs> That's a shout out to my little Gen Z brother. <laughs> oh, That hurt. He does that to me oh. all the time. All the time. All the time. It's... It's painful. That so, was painful. I'm glad that I was able to give you a little dose of that. That was very Gen Z of you. I know. I've got a lot of different generations going on all up in me. Sometimes I'm a boomer who just doesn't understand the lingo of anybody. Sometimes I'm everybody. So It's a great mix. <laughs> all right. Well, today I'm going to be covering... The National Park Services. So there's a lot to dive into here. So I was telling Celia, I realize that there's a lot. So I am not going to dive into everything. Um, there's definitely other things I want to kind of talk about on the podcast down the road. Um, but today I'm just going to kind of touch the surface. And then I want to talk about the cool things that have been going on recently Uh because of COVID closures and stuff. So let's dive in. So I'm going to start out with some facts because I'm the fact queen. (laughs) Please fact checker. (laughs) Please. (laughs) Please fact check me. Uh, Yeah, my sources are Google. (laughs) (laughs) Good old, the Goog. (laughs) And whatever came up as like the top search result on Google as I typed in national parks. You know, if it's not on the first page. I mean, if it's not on the first page, I don't even know that it exists. So, What's on um, the last page of Google? Nothing relevant? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That's a quest for another day yeah we'll we'll dive into that and touch face next week that's another podcast (laughs) another (laughs) podcast somebody should make that podcast we should let's trademark that tm because because that's a good podcast nobody else take it (laughs) that's ours the mysteries of google for when we start a new podcast Oh, um, yeah. So I basically just use Wikipedia and the National Parks website. So 
Um, there are 61 national parks in the U.S. Did you know that? I didn't. I didn't realize there were so many. That's... Because there's uh, 50 states? <laughs> there's not 61. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, that's more than one park per state. Rachel, do you know how many parks per state is? Rachel? Where's our uh, math teacher, Rachel? <laughs> Um, yeah. I feel like that's oddly low, though. Uh, yeah, I know. I I was kind of surprised by the number because some states I was like, is there really a national park in those states? But then also, like, here in Utah, we have five, at least five. Something like that. Five national parks just in Utah. Yeah. But also, Utah is one of the higher um, national parks. Like, in Washington, I think there's three, maybe. Maybe four. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so national just, parks are pretty big. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're really big. Yeah. So that's All just right. kind of a gauge. I forgot. There was a number that said how much land they were, but it was a really big number, so I didn't put it. <laughs> <laughs> Good on Rachel? You. <laughs> Math teacher? Do you know the number? <laughs> um. Anyways, so... How the whole national park system started, well, let's go back to the OG. The first national park was Yellowstone National Park. Have you ever been there? I have not. Oh, dude. I've wanted to. It's one of my favorite national parks. We should go. We should go. Let's go. Not next weekend, but maybe the weekend after. We'll take pictures. We'll share. Done. (laughs) Um, One of my favorite national parks, but that was created in 1872 on March 1st which is Celia's birthday ah! you share birthdays with Yellowstone I now we have to go we have to go we have to go it's, it's already been decided it's fate. I was, now, it was meant to be every year for her birthday we're going to Yellowstone <laughs> I mean who else does that I mean not me not, not us yet We've got to get started. Coming at you, March 2021. <laughs> um, so that was put in place while President Ulysses S. Grant. Nailed it. Did I? Yep. Okay. I, think. I was a Ulysses. little bit... Ulysses? Ulysses. 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 Say it normal. <laughs> We're just going to call I good mr grant president yeah president grant president grant yep president grant was the one who um you know i don't know how involved he was in it but it happened under his presidency um and then in it took a while but in 1916 under president woodrow wilson good old woodrow wilson um, on August 25th, which is close to my brother's birthday. Hey. Um, he created the National Parks Department. Um, and so the reason why it was created was basically just to be a service for these national parks, um, to have people, volunteers and workers there, um, to help out. So I figured I would share their mission statement. Um, Their mission statement says, The National Park Service preserves unimpaired the natural and cultural resources and values of the national park system 
for the enjoyment, education, and inspiration of this and future generations. The Park Service cooperates with partners to extend the benefits of natural and cultural resources <laughs> and cultural resource conservation and outdoor recreation throughout this country and the world. So that just kind of sets the scene a little bit. That's what we're talking about here. That's the National Park Department. So um, what do they do for the environment? Basically, if you've never been to a national park, it's a huge, huge piece of land. I really wish I took that number of how much land they have in the Google, Siri. Hey, Siri. <laughs> Siri is looking it up for me. How much land, I don't even know what to ask, does the National Parks Department have? Yeah. Does that sound right? Sure. That's a lot of acres. It's a lot of acres. Yeah. That's at least 12. Oh, uh, yeah. More than 12. <laughs> Maybe 13. <laughs> yeah. So they have a lot of land. And basically what they do is, like they said in their mission statement, is that they preserve it and leave it untouched. You know, all of this land that we've built our cities on, um, especially out west here, used to just be wild land you know and we've kind of um built our cities built our homes our buildings our shopping centers um on land and kind of have displaced the wildlife and so what the national parks department has done is has kept those areas at their most natural state um but they've also put in place ways for um, people to enjoy it without um, becoming without harming it too much so okay. there are trails throughout the national parks um, there's there's roads throughout the national parks there's ranger stations um, but they try to do the very bare minimum mm -hmm. um, to, cause as little damage as possible oh yeah yeah try to keep it as natural as possible um, and you know they they always have the signs that say like um pick like take whatever trash you brought in take it with you mm -hmm. stuff pack like that pack it in pack it out yeah. leave no trace right leave no trace yeah um they have signs everywhere saying like don't feed the animals stuff like that because <laughs> i was at um i think it was Zion National Park um it might have been the Grand Canyon i can't remember but um, I was at one of those national parks and they had just like these pictures signage of like, don't feed the squirrels. And they had this picture of this obese squirrel. And like, it was like so big. I'd never seen a squirrel that big. I was like, they have to be exaggerating. Like, was it real? Yeah. Or was it like a draw, like a cartoon drawing? No, no. Well, the picture, it looked like it was kind of, it wasn't a picture that you take mm -hmm. but it looks like it was kind of a cutout type thing okay. if that makes sense and so um so i was like there's no way that that's like real mm -hmm. and then my mom and i were just going around the park enjoying ourselves and we see the squirrel come up and it's huge oh. 
And it's like this massive squirrel, and it's because people feed these squirrels. We have and to find a picture of this to post. Oh, yeah. I'll find one. I'll find one. Make a note of that. <laughs> I want to see the ugly squirrel. Yeah, because seriously, I could not believe it. Because, you know, we, we see the squirrels um, just in our... I don't know if you have squirrels in your neighborhood. <laughs> Maybe this isn't a normal thing. I feel like squirrels are pretty normal. Yeah. Yeah. We get squirrels and chipmunks. Okay. That's pretty, yeah. Yeah. I think they're a pretty average creature to have everywhere. Yeah. Maybe it's just because we're from more wooded places. Yeah, maybe. That yeah. Other, so, sorry, know. Texas. Maybe Arizona doesn't have squirrels. Yeah, I don't know. But I don't know. Anyways, let us know if you're in Arizona. <laughs> and you have squirrels. <laughs> Do you have squirrels? <laughs> um, Asking for a friend. <laughs> but... Uh, but yeah, like you see the squirrels around your neighborhood and they're just, you know, they're tiny little things. Mm -hmm. They're super small, but these ones that live at the national parks, at least at the one that we saw the signage there, they're just so big because there's so many people just constantly feeding or just like constantly dropping food and then they'll come scramble and pick up the food and stuff. If I was a squirrel, that's where I'd want to be. I mean, it's like you're at like old country buffet. You've got like... (gasps) You've got food everywhere Constantly. and you can just keep coming back and just put <laughs> double fist Pat, it. Pat <laughs> it away in those cheeks. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For days. Um anyways, so yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. Do you remember? Really fat squirrels. Yeah, really fat squirrels. Basically they do their best to try to minimize human you know, the impact of humans in the parks. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, you know, it's with so many people coming through, it's hard to control what everybody's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they do their best, um, but they really, you know, um, part of their mission statement is for that so that people can enjoy it and, you know, enjoy nature and be in nature and learn about nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have all sorts of programs um about like teaching people how to or like about the national park and stuff like that um which is really awesome um and and so because of that they're a really they need to have people or they need to let people in mm-hmm. um but it's been really interesting to see with covid there's been some national parks that have closed down um and getting back to numbers, because that's our favorite thing here. That's what we're for at, <laughs> is numbers. <laughs> um, so in 2019, for all of the national parks, um, the total number of visitors, 327,516,619 people. It's a lot of people coming in and out of those parks. So keep that number in mind. Big number. Big number. Okay. Wait, 308 million something. 327 yes. million. Yeah. Close enough. We'll just round it to that. 327 million, but it's more than that. We'll round it to 328 million. Let's just do it. Great. We're going to call it that. Yeah. Okay. So 328 million people coming in and out of these national parks every single day. Well, not every day, but like throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Every day. Um, so tons of people if you've ever been to a national park there like if it's during one of the high seasons during the summertime or whatever 
it's packed. There's people mm-hmm. everywhere, especially at the more popular ones like Yellowstone and stuff. Yeah. Um, so with COVID, there were some park closures. Um, I don't know. I, I couldn't really tell how many parks got closed. Um, but just from what I found, I found information on Death Valley and Yosemite. So those two were for sure closed down. Mm-hmm. Um, so in Death Valley... There were pronghorns reported, which are... Really big deer. Do you know what pronghorns are? Really big deer. You know what they are? Well, they're in the deer family. Okay. It's not like an elk. Yeah. And it's definitely not a moose. But they're pronghorns. Oh, yes. Yeah. They're... (laughs) What's the deer family called? I'm sure there's a name for it. We'll go with deer family. Until, deer family. Um, yeah, I feel like I know. It's like on the tip of my tongue, but I can't. I have no idea. Yeah. Anyways, so those were being reported. Um, and the locals and, like, the park rangers were saying that um, they, in their lifetime, they had never seen pronghorns ever wow. around Death Valley. It's just so hot down there and... Also, there's just like so many people. Mm-hmm. Um, they just don't want to don't want to be down there, and they've they they've seen them up in the higher level uh, elevations. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of, I mean, people when they go to Death Valley, they usually go to the salt flat that's down there. Um, but yeah, so the higher elevations are less populated with people. Gotcha. Um, and so yeah, so that's a really cool thing. Um, in Yosemite... Okay, wait, pause. I have a question. Okay. Going back to the really fat squirrel. <laughs> still on that. <laughs> I'm still on the fat squirrels. Okay, okay, on the fat squirrels. Are they starving to death? You know, I was actually kind of thinking about that. And I'll go into... Not exactly that, but I have another kind of... Okay. Um, effects of this that we're going to talk about okay okay. you're ready you're ready for my question no but that's an interesting point the squirrels yeah because they've gotten so used to having relying on Mm -hmm. humans for their food that i mean it's been generations and generations and generations of relying on humans and so do those squirrels know how to scavenge for their own food if i was a squirrel parent (laughs) i and i grew up eating like that out of the hands of people yeah I mean, I teach my squirrel babies to eat out of the hands of people too. So oh, maybe yeah. they don't even know how to right. Yeah, to well, be a squirrel. It's like it's like us. We've we've hardly in our lifetime have had to ever like get to a place without having GPS. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I mean, I know how to read a map kind of, but I'm I'm not gonna. I'm not planning on teaching my kids how to read a map, really. Yeah, that's true. You know? So it's kind of something like that where, you know, things just kind of get eliminated because they're not as necessary. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I I didn't research that, but that's a good point that they, the poor fat squirrels. If anybody knows the answer to this, if the fat squirrels are starving, please let us know. <laughs> we'll, we'll start a GoFundMe. <laughs> Save the fat squirrels. <laughs> Send food to the fat squirrels. Oh, that's so sad. I know. <laughs> that's actually really sad to think about. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Wow. 
Yeah. Sorry to bring us down. I just wanted to know. <laughs> no, that's okay. It's okay. I've got something coming up that'll okay. lighten the mood a little All right, bit. Hit me. Hit me. All right. <laughs> so in Yosemite, um, the bear population has actually quadrupled, according to some reports, hey. which is way cool. Yeah. Um, and then deer and bobcats and herds are just in roads, by buildings. They're all over the place. Mm -hmm. And as I was reading this uh, article, I just the phrasing of it, I, I wish I had like gotten the quote from it because I, the phrasing of it just reminded me of a story that my dad used to tell me. Mm -hmm. And Celia, I know you've heard this story before. Is it, if it's the story that I'm looking at? <laughs> oh, what? it's the story that I'm thinking about. Oh, I think it's the story that you're thinking about. I think so. We'll see. Okay. Um, so my dad used to tell us this story all the time, and it would just be our camping story. And it goes like this. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Once I was at Central Park, surrounded by squirrels! <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of the story. <laughs> It kills me that that's it. That's it. That's it. And we would literally just sit in our in our sleeping bags and just beg for him to tell the story again. Beg for him to tell the story again. What a story. Such a good story. Anyways, so just as I was reading that article of deer and bobcats and bears all over. Anyways, so I just thought that was kind of funny. Um, and then as so this kind of goes back to your point about the squirrels mm -hmm. um, but as parks reopen um, they're just so these these parks that were closed temporarily they're obviously going to reopen to the public eventually um, and it just kind of depends on the timeline but what experts and park rangers and stuff are saying that they're really worried about is um, that as people come back, the animals will have gotten so used to not having people around um, that they might kind of act out a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, something interesting that I didn't even really think about either was that um, in the springtime is when a lot of animals have new babies. Mm -hmm. And this kind of all happened in the springtime with COVID and everything. Yeah. Um, and so like March, April, May, June. Um, and those are big like birthing months <laughs> for, for animals. <laughs> and so now there's like this whole population of new babies that have never encountered humans yet. Mm -hmm. And so what the park rangers are really worried about is that as humans start coming back, that these new animals who haven't um, had any interaction with humans yet is that they're going to be really overwhelmed and just not know how to handle it. Mm -hmm. So Wow. Yeah. Anyways, so on that note, that's all I've got for you. <laughs> wow. Okay. I feel like I know a little bit more about the national parks. Definitely about the national parks and even more about animal behavior. Yeah. I guess yeah. we'll have to wait and see. They're great. National parks are awesome. Definitely support your local national park, but also just the national park system in general. Yeah. Get outside, you guys. Yeah. Get outside. Enjoy this beautiful earth. Yes. Take care of it. Enjoy it. So good. 
All right, Celia, what do you have for me? On the in the same vein of take care of this beautiful earth. We're, yes. We're kind of I mean, right now we're in the throes of a lot of worldwide changes and one of the ones that are kind of at the forefront is this wonderful COVID nineteen that has put us all inside for quite a few months. Yeah. How many months has it been now? At least two. March, April, May, June. Four. Yeah. yeah. Some places they closed down in February. So. Yeah. yeah. It's been a little bit. Yeah. Um, so today I wanted to talk about COVID-19 and litter and how those two have kind of become a little bit more intertwined and in a relationship, I guess guess you could say. Yeah. Um, but as we know, um, the CDC has really recommended the use of specifically masks, but like facial coverings. But a lot of people have kind of taken it to the next level and used gloves, um, which I think is also another great preventative measure. Mm -hmm. Um, But they've noticed, I mean, over the last four months, that um, there's a lot of cleanup initiatives um, in the ocean, in our waterways, um, in our cities that we really don't even notice. Yeah. Um, Which, by the way, we're so excited to hopefully start pitching in on that where we can. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We'll talk. That's another podcast. That's another podcast. Um, (laughs) Tease. Yes. (laughs) Um, But what people have noticed is that one of the big things that have been polluting these waterways, these sidewalks, um, our oceans is masks and gloves yeah um which i think is just so sad that we've we found yet another thing to throw away yeah um this thing that should be like that we're using to protect us is going and harming our planet mm -hmm. which is ultimately going to harm us more yeah and the piling up of gloves and masks yeah. it gets into into um, storm drains, which cause which yeah. can cause flooding. Yeah, um, in areas that aren't really well equipped to deal with floods. Right. Um, I know there were when I was living in California, there were spots that weren't really well equipped to handle um, a ton of rain that came. I mean, naturally, but if you clog yeah. up those storm drains with gloves and masks. I don't, I don't know why that came with extra <laughs> but gloves and masks um, you know you, you create more problems than right. they already were and that's right. not super great and when yeah. animals get into them that that harms our animal populations which are already um, some are thriving some are not and it harms the ones that aren't really thriving and yeah. that's really sad to see yeah um, and it also hinders other environmental movements as well uh, I mean I know I I keep up a little bit with an organization called Four Ocean, which I'm sure we'll we'll touch on in another podcast. But um, Four Ocean has a, I mean, obviously an ocean and a waterway cleanup initiative, Mm -hmm. and they've I follow them on Instagram, um, and they've posted a lot of pictures recently about fishing gloves and masks Mm -hmm. out of our oceans. I mean, we've already it's been four months, and we're already seeing these things make our make their way into our into our oceans and into yeah. other, I mean, environments. That's... The effects are already there. Mm-hmm. 
And that's, I mean, that's really heartbreaking to see that it, it's taken almost no time at all yeah. to create this big lasting effect. And yeah. who knows how long we'll be cleaning it up for. But but imagine then if it can happen so quickly, can we try to clean up just as quickly? 100%. I, th- I think, I mean, every drop is a drop in the bucket, yeah. right? Right. And so if more people get on these initiatives, these yeah. movements, if... If we even kind of nip it in the bud and stop it. Right. Then it's it less of hits. a problem. Exactly. Yeah. And so I think there's a lot of easy... I I think it's... I really hate proposing problems without solutions. Yeah. You know, because then it's like, well, this is an issue. And then you feel really down about it. Because right. And then you're like, well, yeah, that sucks. But what can I do? Mm-hmm. So Celia, tell us. What can we do? (laughs) We'll tell you what we can do. Reusable face masks. Yes. That's one of the ways. Yes. So simple. (laughs) So simple, so easy. And I did a little bit of research for you guys for some some numbers. I need that. I need it. Let me hit you with it. So, and obviously prices vary from place to place they vary in quantity they vary on supplier it just it totally depends on what you're looking for yeah so here is really just some generics generic facts numerical facts Mm -hmm. um i found a box of disposable face masks 50 face masks are i don't know if we're allowed to name drop this at our local online everything dealer (laughs) I'm sure you know what we use. <laughs> Comes in a great box um, for twenty bucks. So that's fifty face masks for twenty, for 20 bucks. bucks. Twenty bucks, yeah. Um, and that was pretty so, typical. And they're day use, so probably fifty days. Mm-hmm. Then you'll have to get another one. Then you have to get another one, yeah. and that's. I mean, I think obviously there's people who have those disposable face masks who aren't using them. As like a day use, and right. that's okay yeah. too because oh, a face yeah. mask is a face mask. Yeah, right. Um, I think it's awesome that we're charging forward that initiative as well. Yeah. Um, but if they're being used the way that they're supposed to be be, be being used, that's fifty pieces, fifty days. Right. Assuming assuming you use one a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now we've got reusable face masks. Yeah. Um, from this same. Unmench, un, unnamed shipping place <laughs> from every with, that has everything. Um, it varies depending on supplier, depending on what you're looking for. There's also places like Target and Etsy. Yeah. Um, that if you want something cute and colorful, and I was designed. gonna say I've seen so many cute masks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people have some really cute ones, and there's easy DIY ones, and so it really depends yeah. on what you're looking for. Yeah, totally. But the average you could get between three to six masks. It depends, like quality, right? Um, brand that all depends. So I saw the average was about three masks to a pack of six masks. Yeah. And these are reusable masks. Yeah. Um for about twenty bucks. Um individual masks went for approximately four dollars to seven dollars. The cute ones on Etsy would probably cost a little bit more because you have an artist who's making it oh, custom yeah. for you. Right. Or they have right. specific designs that are particular to them. Yeah. So you're, that you're paying for the talent for the art yeah you know i get it i get it um but yeah so that's i i would say 
that you would get more out of your if you got six masks for 20 Mm -hmm. bucks i think most people look at it as well i could get 50 for 20 or i could just get six for 20 but right the thing that comes with these reusable masks is you have to clean them right now most and dare i say all of us do laundry I hope we do. <laughs> I hope you do laundry. If not, you my do little laundry. brother, I'm looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure someone does laundry for you. You know, if we're cleaning our underwear, we can clean our face mask. It's pretty simple. Just throw it all in there together and just let it go. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah. And so I think that's a really easy solution. Yeah, cheaper, so better for the environment. I love it. It's yeah, great. I'm on board for that. So there we go. And on top of that, if you're going to use disposable and disposable face masks, disposable gloves, please, please, please dispose of them properly because, yeah. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't take much to find a trash can. Just hold on to them until you can get a trash can and just yeah. throw them away. Yeah. I know. It's always so sad to see. I mean, even here I've seen just like walking through the grocery store Um, parking lot you just see a face mask like on the ground Mm or you know and i know that accidents happen that the wind might blow and catch the mask out of the trash can totally you have a mask blowing into the wind and i mean that happens it obviously happens we're not living in a perfect world be be imperfectly sustainable right there we go do your best do your best that's all we can do so when you have these disposable items and you're ready to get rid of them just Make sure they get to the trash can. It solves that problem at the forefront. Yeah. So you don't have to... So someone doesn't have to fish it out of the ocean. Right. Later. If it makes it that far. Yeah. So we have an invitation. An invitation? An invitation. (gasps) I'm so excited. So I've been following along with the REI Opt Outside movement. And I've not been perfect with it. I've definitely... I went home for a little bit and didn't follow up with these things because Mm -hmm. it just was easier not to which imperfectly sustainable imperfectly sustainable um but our invitation for you guys which falls in love in line with some of the invitations that the rei opt outside movement Mm -hmm. has given and i highly highly recommend checking it out they've yes they've done a really cool job at each week is a new invitation yeah and it just kind of builds yeah it kind of breaks it down for you. Celia showed me the site, and it does it. It does just really do a good job of breaking it down. So and it's so easy. Yeah. Um, but we want to to invite you all to make it a habit to pick up trash when yeah. you see it. Done. Um, and that's something that I'm not great at. I definitely I'm becoming more aware of the trash that I see, mm-hmm. which. I think, I think it's just a practice because yeah. it's really easy to kind of put your blinders on and walk around and not see the trash. Um, and to also go, well, it's not my trash. It's not my problem. Right. Um, but I've noticed when I, like, when I go on a walk, when I go out anywhere and I see trash, it if, if I don't pick it up, it triggers something going, well, if you don't pick it up, it's going to end up in, in our waterways. It's going to end up yeah. in our in our sewers it's going to end up in the ocean eventually animals are going to pick it up those thoughts kind of start to go yeah. in my mind yeah and even if i don't pick it up that thought is still there which i think is a huge step in the right direction yeah because totally. i'm more motivated to pick it up mm-hmm. um 
And that's something that I want to change within myself is to to see pieces of trash and to pick them up. Now, obviously, obviously, there's going to be roadblocks. Yeah. I mean, if you've got if you see if you see a nasty piece of soggy trash, right? That's got or like a napkin filled with somebody's blood, maybe I just, just don't really want to pick it up. Don't. I I, I get that. I understand. Somebody that. else's dog poop. Please pick up after your dogs. Please pick up after your dogs. But that's. <laughs> That's a, another podcast. Another podcast. <laughs> Maybe if we want to talk about dogs. No, that can be a different podcaster's thing. That that's, that's doesn't yours. have to be that's ours. That's all yours. <laughs> um, but I think becoming aware and doing what yeah. you can when you see it. Yeah. And it's, it's that change of heart thing mm-hmm. that makes you more motivated to make more of a change. Yeah. It's totally just a shift of your mindset. Um, you know... I try to get out on a walk once a day. Sometimes I'm successful, sometimes I'm not. Um, But even just as you were extending that invite, I was just thinking how easy would it be for me to just say to myself as I was walking, pick up at least one piece of trash. And then as I'm walking, I'm like thinking to myself, um, like kind of looking out for a piece of trash. And then that makes me more aware of like, oh, there's a piece of trash Mm -hmm. and then once I pick that one piece up it's like well why not you know so absolutely (gasps) idea maybe even take those non-reusable I guess they could be reusable or make them reusable those grocery sacks that we were talking about the produce bags bringing it back around stuff one in your pocket yeah because those are I mean they're tiny stuff one in your pocket and as you see it it's like carrying one of the dog bags yeah the dog bags dog walkers care carry uh-huh. just carry one of those produce bags and when you see trash and you feel impressed to pick it up you've got a place to put it yeah totally bringing it back around oh good ideas 25 cent advice there you go us. so that's think that's that's gonna be our goal for this week and so we yeah. extend it to you guys we extend it to you let us know how you do please send us pictures of trash you pick up if you want if, if you use the produce bags please yes. send a picture Celia will be so excited that you used her idea <laughs> uh, it's revolutionary really so yeah we should market it yeah trademark trademark yeah yeah hundred percent um also, another idea, if you're artsy, pick up trash and maybe try to make art out of it, like Celia's art person, you know? Exactly. Show us what you got. I know my little sister loves that. She, yeah. It's so funny. You'll get a package in the mail, and she's not interested in what you got. She's interested in the packaging. And yeah. I can't tell you how many times like her eyes have gotten so wide, and she's asked me, can I have that? And I'm like, no, this is mine, but I realize she's... Wanting that box. box. She wants the box. <laughs> That's so cute. Recycle art. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know you guys are all so talented. So let us let us see what you have. Um, is that a wrap for us? I think that's a wrap. Okay. I think that's it. Um, I'm just going to do a cute little plug here. Um, if you liked this show, are interested in hearing more, um, hopefully we'll be a little bit more gathered as time t- goes on. Um, please download, subscribe, wherever you listen to. Um, we're still trying to figure out what platforms we're going to be on, so stay tuned for that. Um, but 
You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We're at G underscore four, the number four podcast. Um, And then our Facebook page is just Good Girls Go Green. And if you want to email us for any ideas, suggestions, um, we're also down the road going to try to be interviewing um, uh, people from different companies, local business owners um, who have sustainable movements going on. Um, So if you are one of them or know somebody who uh, would be perfect for that, um, please let us know. Um, our email is goodgirlsgogreenpodcast at gmail.com. So I think that's that's all I've got. That's Anything? all I've got. All right. That's it for our first podcast. We did it. Episode one is done. Thanks so much for our listeners. Thank you. You're the dummy that don't believe in science Written on your forehead, always be denying You're the dummy that don't believe in science Written on your forehead, always be denying Hey, hey. We got words to say to you